0: Thank you for listening to the Hope Church podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. Aren't you just thankful for our worship team? They do such an amazing job. I'm so grateful. I'm not the worship team anymore. I used to be one of, I used to be a third of the worship team back in the day. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. Amen. Let me tell you what I know to be true. The scripture says in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, that they that hunger, And thirst for righteousness shall be filled. That is uh, one of the opening statements that Jesus made in his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And um, he he spells it out. We call them the Beatitudes. Blessed are this, blessed is that, blessed is this. And he said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness because they shall be filled. The promise to us, is that as we hunger for God, he responds to that hunger by filling us. Have you ever been hungry for food? Yes. Yes. Not a trick question. Everybody has been hungry for food. How good is it when you're really hungry and you finally sit down to the table to eat? Isn't it what? It's satisfying. The Bible over and over again likens our relationship or compares our relationship with the Lord to food. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness they shall be filled. Why am I saying all this? Because it takes people, it takes some hunger sometimes to get you out of bed to come to church on Sunday when the weather conditions are irritating. When it's rainy and it's icy and it's and it's like, who knows what the roads are going to be like, but you decide anyway to get up and come to church. That is a demonstration of hunger for the Lord and for the things of God. And so I want you to understand that today... I'm expecting that you are going to be satisfied in the presence of the Lord and satisfied by the word of God. Why? Because you have demonstrated hunger and you've come to the table. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, right? So I'm expecting that you're going to receive something that's going to make an impact and an impartation into your life this morning. If you believe it, say amen. Hallelujah. That is not my message, but it's all good, anyways. Just wanted to tell you that I was thinking of that this morning. A couple of quick announcements, um, and uh, Keith will have more announcements at the end. Uh, we've been trying—you know—we've been trying some different things, um, and we've been doing the offering and announcement time at the end of the service because I really love preaching right after worship. It really is exciting, so I, I thank you for being uh, adjusting with us. Um, But I do want to mention two things. I mentioned them last week. That is Vision Sunday is coming two Sundays from now, uh, February 5th. And uh, there's the graphic on the screen. Mark your calendars because I have some things to share with you about vision that uh, I believe are going to really catalyze our church. And uh, this year's Vision Sunday is different than every other Vision Sunday that we've ever done. And, uh, And I'm just real excited about that without going into too much detail. Um, also, the, the Saturday following um, Vision Sunday is Grow Day. Um, some of you may have come, many of you came to Grow Day last year. It was a training for uh, those who were involved in various serving teams and legacy teams. Uh, This year it's going to be less of a training. We're not really going to do a training. We are going to be talking about um, opportunity and creating opportunity for engagement. I said this last last week. My wife said it perfectly. If you want to go from attending church to making this your church and becoming involved in what is happening in your church, uh, then you want to be at Grow Day. So that's going to be February 11th. It's Saturday. It's two hours long, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., uh, and we're going to be just, just creating opportunity for engagement and for connection and for you to be empowered in, in, uh, in the purpose of God uh, here at Hope Church. Amen? All right. So those are the two announcements. I want to jump right into what I want to talk about to you this morning. Um, and that is Hebrews chapter 11. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And, um, and also, you can turn to Isaiah chapter 43 um I I have been thinking and, and kind of meditating in my heart on what to talk about and what to deal with in the weeks leading up to our vision Sunday because I think it's important um, that as we that as we get closer to Vision Sunday that we prepare our hearts to receive the things that God wants to say to our church. And so I've been thinking how can I how can I speak to that you know? And so I want to talk this week and next week about the idea of faith and expectation. Um, Because, you know, two Sundays from now, as I just said, we're going to talk about the vision for this year uh, that's going to carry us into the next many years. And um, as we do that, we need to approach the vision that God gives us with a sense of expectation. And so I want to talk about what that looks like uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, and then we'll jump into uh, our message on Vision Sunday. It's going to be really good. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. Um, you've heard me quote this so many times. Uh, it's one of the faith, one of the big faith verses. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm gonna read it to you from the New Living Translation. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things We cannot see. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of the things that we cannot see. Now, if you'll turn uh, to Isaiah 43, I want to read you a group of verses. This is so good. This part is the Lord added to to the the sermon this morning. So this is uh, hot off the presses, if you will. (laughs) Isaiah 43. We'll begin reading in verse 22. I really want you to receive this because this is good. It says, But you have not called upon me, O Jacob, and you have been weary of me, O Israel. This is God talking, by the way. You've not bought me, brought me the sheep for your burnt offerings, nor have you honored me with your sacrifices. I have not caused you to serve with grain offerings, nor wearied you with incense. So to start out, God's saying that uh, you haven't really responded to me and I haven't forced you to respond to me. And he goes on to say, you've bought me no sweet cane with money, nor have you satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices. But you've burdened me with your sins. You have wearied me with your iniquities. It's not a very positive outlook thus far, but it's going to get better. Here he goes in verse 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins." Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. What's he talking about there? We'll get into that in a second. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that you've given our church this morning to come before your word Lord, I pray that you would speak with clarity, with insight, with wisdom. Holy Spirit, would you pierce our hearts with the word of God this morning that we might receive and be changed and transformed. Lord, give me the ability to communicate your word today. Speak through me today, Lord, that I might speak only what you desire. Help me, God, to communicate your word to your people this morning that we might grow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you are thankful for the word this morning? Amen. I'm gonna tell you a story real quick before we jump into this uh, verse. Um I was sharing this with Gracie earlier. There was a I, I heard the story recently of a young German man who at some time in his life, young life, had joined the German Coast Guard. And he was what are you smiling for? He joined the German Coast Guard, and it was um, his his first day, um, and he sat down. His, his commanding officer had brought him into the control center and said, okay, your job here is you're going to sit here, and you're going to listen for distress calls. Remember, he works for the The German Coast Guard. And so they said, You're going to listen for distress calls when they come through the radio, and that way you can be of some help. So he sat down there for the first hour, maybe two hours passed. It was pretty uneventful. And uh, sometime into the second hour, all of a sudden, the light started flashing, and uh, there was a distress call that was coming in to the desk. And so he, he you know, picked up the phone, uh, picked up the radio to, to begin talking, and, and the voice on the other side said, help, 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 we've hit an iceberg, we're sinking, we've hit an iceberg, our boat is sinking. He was taken aback, he was scared, he said, hello, this is the German Coast Guard, can you hear me? And, and, the, and the voice on the other said, yes, yes, we can hear you. Mayday, mayday. We've hit an iceberg. We're sinking. He thought for a second and he said, what are you sinking about? There <laughs> it is. There it is. Yeah. Some things get lost in translation. <laughs> but the word of God never gets lost in translation. I, even I, am he who... who what are you thinking about? <laughs> I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I want you to see something before we get any farther, because this is actually going to make a big difference in what we're talking about today. Why does God blot out your transgressions? For his own sake. The Bible says that you and I are made in the image of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. God created human beings. He created humanity to be a representation of his very self. And so though we have failed and though we have fallen and though humanity has been plunged into sin because of Adam and Eve and their transgression, God decided to rescue and redeem humankind for his own sake because he put his image on the inside of us and God's serious about his image. God's serious about how we represent him. God was not pleased that humanity was made in his image and then humanity began to live in a way that was not becoming of the image of God. There's so many things in the Old Testament uh, and even into the New Testament, so many places where you can go to the scripture and God says, I'm going to do this for my sake. I'm going to do this because of my great name. Isn't it interesting? Very interesting to me. Now that's gonna become important here in just a second. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case that you may be acquitted. If you're a parent in the room this morning or watching us online, you will relate to what I'm about to say. If you're not a parent Just stay with me. I hope this has an equal impact with you. But all my parents are going to understand. I can't tell you the number of times I've shaken my head in doubt, frustration, and just bewilderment at the fact that I may say something to my child, and usually it's telling them to do something. Go clean your room. And two three, maybe four minutes later, I will notice that the sounds coming from that room are not consistent with the sounds of cleaning. And so I will, curious parent that I am, go into the room to discover what's really happening and find a child who is deeply engrossed in play or has somehow got a hold of my phone or other subsequent device. And and, and there they are, not four minutes, three and a half even, from the moment that I told them, please go clean your room. They go to do it. And lo and behold, I find them doing something completely different. Every parent knows what I'm talking about. This is the response that you get. Honey, I thought I told you to clean your room. What are you doing? Oh, dad. I forgot. I forgot. (laughs) Sorry. I just, it slipped my mind. I I got in here and there was the toys, and I'm sorry, I forgot. It boggles me to no end that the same mind that can forget how to clean their room or how to put on shoes when it's time to go to school or how to, the the same mind that can remember that or that that can forget that can remember some promise that was made to them (laughs) Two years ago, <laughs> you driving by Tweetsie. Dad, look, Tweetsie's open. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it is. We'll, we'll go there. Well, but you said we could go there when they were open again. Or, or how about this one? Hey, Dad, can we go get ice cream? No, I don't have time to get ice cream right now. I'm Daddy's got to leave to go to work. But Dad, you said we could get it tomorrow. How about after work? Well, you know what, daddy's got a meeting. It's gonna go long. I don't know, we'll see if we get. But dad, you said we could get ice cream. What's the point? God said, here, put me in remembrance of what I did on your behalf that you didn't deserve. He said, you, you haven't given me offerings. You haven't burned the fat of your offering. You haven't brought the the sugar cane and the wheat and all the different things. You didn't hold up your end of the bargain. But even though you didn't do that, I'm a gracious, merciful father. I'm going to redeem you for my own sake. So put me in remembrance of what I've done put me in remembrance of what i have said in my word just like the child who can't remember how to tie their shoes or put their clean their room up that same child remembers the promise that you made them 2 years ago and they are not afraid to put you in remembrance of the promise you made god has given an invitation to his people to for us to hold him in remembrance of what he has done, what he has said, what he has promised. He said, let us contend together. What is it? State your case. I don't have a case if it weren't for the blood of Jesus. <laughs> why do you think 1 Corinthians, uh, or excuse me, 2 Corinthians, why do you think 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says that all the promises of God are in Christ? Yes and Amen. Is because apart from Christ Jesus, we don't have a case. But God says because of his mercy, we actually do have a case. And he wants us to come together. He wants us to actually rise up and state our case before him. My case is Jesus. Whew. Why, why, why are we talking about this? What does it have to do with faith? What does this have to do with expectation? Oh, I don't know. Everything. Because... You know, we started talking about this last week when we started to deal with the words that come out of our mouth and confessing God's word over our life. When you confess God's word over your life, you're stating the case that God has created on your behalf. You're stating your case. You're saying, oh Lord, but you know, Lord, you you said that you would take care of all my needs according to your riches and glory. That, that, that That's what you said in your word, Lord. So here I am to put faith in what you have said to believe it and to receive it so that I can walk in it and live it because you said it. Lord, you're the one said we could go get ice cream. Lord, you're the one that said that by Jesus stripes I was healed. You're the one that said that my peace I give, not the peace as the world gives, but my peace I leave with you. You're the one that said, you gave me your joy so that your joy could remain in me and that my joy could be full. You're the one that said, I was blessed when I come and blessed when I go. He says, put me in remembrance of it. In other words, there's an invitation from God for us to expect him to do what he said he was going to do. <laughs> Now, just in case there's any confusion, let me create a little bit of a a separation here between expectation and selfish entitlement. Because I can hear the critic in my own mind that says, well, expectation, that sounds a lot like entitlement. Gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme what's mine, God as though the Lord is a slot machine and we just go, you know, just get what we need. What's the difference? How do I I live with a sense of expectation without ever letting that expectation become perverted into entitlement? Because I think we've all, if we're intellectually honest people, I think all of us have dealt with entitlement before. You ever deal with an entitlement, a person with entitlement? Have you ever had entitlement in your own life? Again, talking to my parents, all my parents in the room. You know you've dealt with some entitled kids before. I know I have. What's the difference between expectation and entitlement? It's very simple. It's very simple. Expectation holds you in remembrance of something, holds God in remembrance of something because of what he said and because of what he did. Entitlement tries to manipulate God to do something because you think you deserve it. The difference between expectation and entitlement is that entitlement believes I deserve it. Selah. An entitled attitude is an attitude that says, I deserve it. Give me my healing, God. I deserve it. Give me me your grace, Lord. I deserve it. I want it. Give it to me right now. That's entitlement. That's wrong. What's the difference between that and expectation? Expectation says, Lord, I receive what you made available to me because I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But, Dad, you said you were going to take me for ice cream. Lord, you said. You said by Jesus' stripes I'm healed, and I don't deserve that. I'm not here on my own good works. I'm not here on my own merits. I'm not here because I deserve a lick of anything. But you said in your word that you were the one that would blot out my transgressions. For your own sake, you did it because you wanted to. Because you care about the investment that you made in me as a human being. So, for your own sake, you blot out my transgressions. You remember them no more. And now you've given me an invitation to come before you and state my case, to plead my cause. I plead the blood of Jesus over my life. And so, because of that blood, because of that gift of salvation, because you have welcomed me into your family, Dad, I'm ready for my ice cream. Dad, I'm ready to go to Tweetsie. You following me? You stay with me. Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready, Father. I'm ready for. I'm ready for the promise that you made to me and my wife. I'm ready for the promises that you've made in your word to me and to my family. I'm ready for the promises that you've made in your in your word to our church. I'm ready for what you said you were gonna do in our community. We're ready for you to do it. We're expecting you to, to, to do what you said you would do because you're God, not because we deserve it. We're not entitled brats. We are expectant sons and daughters. Amen. Our expectation, our hope. What's the name of our church? Hope Church. We're a church that exists to to communicate the hope of the gospel. What does the word hope mean in the the, the, uh, Bible? You've heard me talk about this many times. It means expectation. Hope means expectation. When I hope in God, I'm expecting God to do something. Something that he said in his word. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Boy, this is so good, isn't it? I just love hearing from God, don't you? Jesus prayed, you know, in Matthew chapter 6. He said, give us this day our daily bread. I I, want to know what's God saying to me now, today. And this is what the Lord's saying to us today. Hebrews 11 again, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There's that word hope. There's that word that means expectation. Now faith is the substance of the things expected, the evidence of things not seen again from the New Living Translation, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of that which we cannot see. Our expectation makes our faith come alive. It's the expression of what we truly believe. What you expect is based on what you truly believe. If you didn't believe it, you wouldn't have the capacity to expect it. Right? Listen, if you don't believe that it's possible for something to happen, there's no way you ever expect it to actually happen. Now that can work for you or it can work against you. It's up to you. And I I want to go down that rabbit trail, but I'm not going to. But there's, there's a whole lot that could be said about that for, for that statement. But what we believe is expressed in what we expect i believe that my wife loves me i really do i really do so when i go to kiss her i expect she's going to love every second okay Wouldn't you believe my surprise? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's awesome. I love you. I believe that my kids have the capacity for obedience. So, when I tell them to do something, I expect they're going to do it. I believe that God is perfect, and his word has never failed and never changed so based on that belief my expectation is he will do what he said he was doing or would do and i will do the things that are on me to do does that make sense it's my job to believe and to receive it's god's job to do everything else Amen. It's real simple this morning. I don't have a whole lot of deep stuff for you this morning. This is just real simple. Okay. I believe and because I believe, I expect. I want you to get that framed in your mind. It's very clear in scripture. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. The evidence of things we can't see. Our expectation, which is our hope, makes our faith come alive. It's the expression of what we truly believe. First comes faith. Then comes expectation. Then comes experience. Many people are looking for an experience so that they can believe. You want to talk about putting the cart before the horse. Faith comes first, then comes expectation, then comes experience. Believe first, expect second, experience third. This world teaches us that we should only trust experience and experiences. That's why Jesus said to Thomas after he raised from the dead, blessed are they who believe when they cannot See, there is a blessing that comes from God when we get it in the right order. Believe, expect, experience. Believe, expect, experience. Believe, expect, experience. So many of us abuse God's word by trying it out to see if we'll experience it before we ever actually are willing to believe it. I'm, I'm telling you my own story here. I've, I've had times in my life, man, where I'm just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this. If, it, it, if the experience happens, if God pans out, I'll believe him. It's totally backwards. Right? Believe. Expect, experience. Faith is what we believe about God. Faith is what we believe about God. What do you believe about Him? What do you believe about the God you serve? Do you believe He's good? Do you believe His loving kindness and tender mercies last forever? Do you believe He's gracious? Do you believe he's holy? Do you believe he's perfect? Do you believe he never changes? Do you believe that everything that he said about himself is true? Because if you believe all of those things, then you have to be willing to let all of those things influence and inform what you are expecting to happen in life. Amen. If I believe that God said in his word that, you know, you go back to the book of Genesis, then shall a man leave his father and and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. If I believe that, then my belief in that gives me the right to expect that when I get married, my wife and I enter into a covenant and we come into union with one another and we are now one. I can totally expect, I have every right to expect that reality to happen. Why? Because God said it in his word. If, If the Lord said, pick a topic, pick a subject, if the Lord said in Philippians chapter 4 verse 19 that that He would take care of all of our needs according to His riches in glory. If He said that, I have every right to expect that He will do what He said. and then upon expecting it, I get to experience it. I'm trying to help you to understand that it's not selfish for you to expect things, From God, if you were coming to the Lord on your own merit, you are entitled and you're wrong. But if you are coming to the Lord on the grounds of the blood of Jesus, you have an open invitation to take God's word and say, Lord, you said this. I'm choosing to believe it. And my expectation will be formed on that. Amen. Boy, it's quiet in this church this morning. Y'all doing all right? Everybody take a deep breath. I'm not a heretic. <laughs> Amen. That's right. David said, we're eating. I know it's hard to talk with your mouth full, isn't it? <laughs> That's a good word, man. Hallelujah. It, but, but think about it though, right? Like we get, we get ourselves kind of tied up in knots a little bit because we get concerned. And I understand. I really do understand this. We get concerned. I don't want to I don't want to make it all about me. And I don't want I don't want to be I don't want to be a spoiled brat when it comes to my relationship with God. And 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 really I understand the fact that apart from Jesus I have no merit. The Bible says my righteousness is filthy rags without Christ. So I don't bring anything to the table in this equation at all. Right? So I understand that the the uh the caution and the concern to say, I, I, I don't want this thing to become about my entitlement and what I'm deserved and what, I, what, what is owed to me. Ain't nothing owed to you. Amen? But because of the blood of Jesus, nothing is owed to you, but everything is promised to you. Oh my gosh. Because of the blood of Jesus, there's nothing, there's still nothing that you owe, that is owed to you. There's still nothing you deserve. But because of his blood, I'm promised everything. Say, so prove that to me, Pastor Josh. Okay. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, yes. Halle to the <laughs> Verse three, this is the first thing Paul says after he introduces himself in the book of Ephesians. I mean, it's like, Paul's so excited to tell us this. It's the first thing that comes out of his mouth in the book of Ephesians. He says, Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ to the saints who are in Ephesus. Like, hey guys, how y'all doing? It's me, Paul, remember me? Yeah. Read this to everybody that's in Ephesus. Okay, what do you want to say? Grace and peace from God the Father to our and our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed. Be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, where? In Christ. On your merit? No, 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 in Christ. Because of you, Because you're perfect? No, 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 in Christ. I want you to read that again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has what? blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Do you know what that means in the Greek? Every spiritual blessing means exactly what it sounds like. God has promised you. God has blessed you. God has made everything that you need available to you, and he put it in you the moment you got saved And you didn't deserve any of it. So when I say to God, Lord, I need a breakthrough in my life. God, I'm struggling in this area. Lord, I need breakthrough. I need your help in this area. God, I need breakthrough in my finances. I need breakthrough in my marriage. I need breakthrough in my body. I need you to intervene, Lord. I need you in my life to intervene. You have a right to ask him that question. Why? Because he's given it to you. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it, but he gave it to you anyways. I, even I am he who blots out your transgressions. And for my own sake, I remember them no more. Put me in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. Lord, you Lord, you said that I was the head and not the tail. You said that I was above only and never beneath, and, and today I'm feeling beneath. <laughs> Lord you, you said it in First John that, that I had the mind of Christ and I know all things. Today, I'm confused and I feel like I know nothing. But that's different from what your word says. That's different from the promise. Lord, you said, Dad, you said we could have ice cream.") <laughs> What am I I doing? I'm trying to teach you how to expect things from God in a way that doesn't pervert your own heart and cause you to be filled with pride and arrogance and walking around, well, they better give me mine. I'm owed because I'm so special and I'm so great. Sit down, you butthead. If it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't have nothing. Amen? But because of Jesus, you've been given every blessing you've been given every listen go to philemon chapter one verse six i know i could tell you still want me to prove it to you even more go to philemon there's only one chapter it's between titus and hebrews philemon chapter one verse six i didn't think i was going to get to this verse and i totally did isn't that amazing the lord knows what he's doing that is awesome I love it when I'm praying and seeking the Lord about preaching a message to you, and I have all these thoughts that I think are disconnected. I'm like, that's not gonna fit. That's not here. And then all of a sudden, here we are, back at Philemon 1 6. Trying to tell you what, what, what actually has been deposited on the inside of you. Philemon 1 verse 6 that the sharing of your faith may become effective, watch this, by the acknowledgement of of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you by Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that when you got saved, God packed Himself into you? That should not come as a surprise if you're a Christian, by the way. Do you realize that when you got saved, God put Himself? in you he deposited his very spirit in you he put a brand new nature and a brand new identity in you he created you on the inside to look like him amen second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17 says that we're new creations in christ jesus We've been made new on the inside. God, when you got saved, He, man, I don't know how he does it, but he packs himself into us. I mean, can you imagine this? God put his very self in you. So you have all the blessings you'll ever need already just given to you. It's, it's, it's because of what is said here in Philemon. It's because of what he said there that I know that Ephesians chapter one, verse three is true, that we've been blessed with all, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter three to say that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, or even imagine according to the, work, the, the, the power that is at work in us. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, or even imagine, according to the power that is at work within us. I'm trying to trying to help you this morning to understand that you, whether you realize it or not, you serve a God with absolutely zero limitations. And and the potential for you to believe him and receive answers that overcome all of your limitations is available to you right now. Let me say that one more time because it was a big mouthful. You serve a God with zero limitations and he put himself in you and he's given you the right and the ability to come to him when you have limitations and say, Lord, you're bigger than all of this. Why am I talking to you about this? Because... In a couple weeks, I'm going to share a vision for where our church is going this year and for, and for where we're going to be going for the next several years, for, well, until the Lord says anything different. And I want us as a church to be ready to say, Lord, if that's what you want us to do, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to expect it's going to be awesome. We're going to expect that it's going to be everything that you've that you've promised. Next week, maybe, maybe next week, we'll we'll talk about the woman with the issue of blood. Because the Bible tells us the story about how she pushed through the crowd to get to Jesus. And when Jesus healed her, y'all remember the story of the woman with the issue of blood, right? reach out to touch the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. And Jesus, perceiving that virtue had flown out of him, turned in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And the woman, fearing and trembling, fell down before him and confessed to it. What does he say? Daughter, arise, your faith has made you whole. You see, it was what she believed about Jesus that intervened in her situation and made her whole. We don't have a hard time understanding that principle that we have to believe God. What we have a hard time with is the expectation. Remember what I said at the beginning, believe, expect, experience. She believed in Jesus. She experienced Jesus. What came in the middle? Expectation. Her faith made her well, but her expectation made her push through the crowd. Let me say that again. Her faith made her well. Jesus said so. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. So it was her faith, it was her belief that actually intervened, that got a hold of Jesus. Her faith that if she could just touch him, she would be well. That's what made her whole but it was her expectation that he actually would do that. It was her expectation that if I actually touch him, I'm going to be made well. That was what caused her to get up and push through the crowd. Believe, expect, experience. How's it going to happen in your life? Exactly the same way. Believe, expect, experience. How's it going to happen for Hope Church? Same way, believe, expect, experience. I believe God's called us to, to be a voice and a light in this community that absolutely transforms this entire community. I believe that as God executes his vision for Hope Church in our midst, that we will be the place that if we weren't here, our community would feel it. I believe so deeply in the plan and purpose of God that I'm willing to to lay my life down for it because it's that important. It's just Boone, it's just a little town in the mountains. It's not just Boone, it's not just a little town. This is the place God has called us to plant our flag and to live out our destiny in him. This is the place God has called us to to lift high the name of Jesus and see transformation flow from, from this building and from these people. To touch and influence an entire region, to influence an entire state. I believe the whole southeast of the United States ought to be different because we're here. But what's going to make that happen? Believe, expect, then experience. Just believing will keep you stuck. Just believing will keep you stuck. Her faith made her whole. Her expectation made her move through the crowd. We're going to talk more about expectation in the coming week. You doing okay? You still love me this morning? You know that I love you very much? Let's bow our heads. Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life, know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose and make a difference in this world if you would like to connect with us further or if you need prayer or assistance please visit us at hopeboon.com where jesus loves you we love you and your life counts